I got to know the people in the Midwest League. Yeah. yeah. And in 1993, um, they, were in, they were in need of a lawyer. And so I got a call on a Saturday morning. And they said, are you interested in being a lawyer for the Midwest League? And I said, yeah. Wow. So they hired me as their lawyer. And I was the lawyer from 1993 until uh, basically Major League Baseball took it over in 2020 Ooh. and was the president of the Midwest League for the last five of those years, which was an incredible experience. Wow, that, that is neat. You heard that there. That's South Bend lawyer Dick Nussbaum mentioning how incredible of an experience it was serving as the Midwest Baseball League's general counsel and then president. More of that later, but first... Welcome to Round the Bend Now and Then, a podcast that shines a light on the South Bend and Mishawaka areas past and present. Through interviews with local business owners, leaders, and community members, our listeners and I learn together about all of the great people and great things going on in our community. As we also learn about South Bend and Mishawaka's history and how intertwined our past is with our present. If you've kept up with the local South Bend area news lately, You've probably heard that the South Bend Cubs, led by owner Andrew Berlin, are investing 40 to $50 million into Four Winds Field with plans to build a second deck to increase seating and build more suites. That is on top of the millions that he already has invested in the stadium. The attendance of the single-A Cubs has hit 300,000, which is more than some triple-A teams. What you might not know or don't quite remember that there was a time in the early 2000s when we almost lost professional baseball in South Bend. The history of professional baseball in South Bend has experienced many highs and many lows. It's such an intriguing story that I felt it must be shared. In this episode, I meet with longtime South Bend lawyer Dick Nussbaum. Dick shares his memories of professional baseball's journey in South Bend as he has played an integral role in its growth here but also in the growth of the Midwest League as a whole. The Midwest League is the single-A minor league professional baseball league that the South Bend teams have been a part of. Dick formerly served as the South Bend City's attorney in the late 1980s and Mayor Joe Kernan's administration. In that role, he began what would become an over 30-year relationship with professional baseball in South Bend. As city attorney, he was in charge of handling the relationship between the city, the minor league franchise, and its owners. In the early 1990s, he became the general counsel for the Midwest League, and in 2014, he became the Midwest League's president, along with his general counsel duties. So, the man knows his baseball, and he knows the ins and the outs of the relationships between a city and its sports franchise. He is passionate about baseball and also passionate about our city. By the end of this episode, you'll know why Dick should be proud and hold his head high for all of his work in helping minor league baseball in South Bend thrive. Here is my interview with Dick Nussbaum. Again, thank you for coming on. Truly appreciate it. Uh, the, the Cove, I just call it the Cove. You know, it's Four Winds Field, Kovaleski Stadium. That place has been a part of my life since I can, since mid eighties when I was, you know, eight or nine years old and then it opened in 88. So we're 10 years old. And I just remember going to baseball games there with, with the mitt and glove and with Eastside little league. And then my early twenties, we'll talk about it later, but the, the dollar Mondays and then 
now the past 10 years with my own family. Yeah. It's just, it is a, to me, it's a special place. And, and so I'm glad that, that, um, that you're down here just to share some of your experiences with it all. And before we dive into it, just want to share a little bit about yourself, just your, your background, just a, a quick summary of, of, um, you know, your career. Sure. I, um, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, uh-huh. um, uh, near Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. um, and graduated, uh, in 1970 from Moon High School and, um, played, uh, baseball there, uh, actually played with Bob Davey, the former oh, wow. head coach yeah. of the Fighting Irish. Uh-huh. He was two years younger than I was, so I, I played with against Bob in uh-huh. middle league and with Bob in high school in American Legion ball. And then uh, I came to Notre Dame and was fortunate enough to play ball there. Um, I um, graduated with a degree in English. Oh, okay. uh, And then went on to um, go to the law school mm. um, at Notre Dame. Right, right, right. met my wife during my senior year at Notre Dame. She okay. went to St. Mary's and is grew up just down the street from here. Okay. Um, and decided we wanted to get married and start a family here. So I've been living in South Bend, Indiana for a long time since, yeah. uh, since the, since I graduated from law school, which is in 1977. Wow. Goodness gracious. That's one year before I was even born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. play baseball in high school baseball college so baseball has been in your blood the whole time huh yeah well you know um my my goal in life was to be a major league baseball player okay and uh i didn't quite make it that far Mm -hmm. but uh, i certainly um i certainly did uh better than a lot of people were able to do playing division one baseball is uh was was quite an experience yeah played against mike schmidt who was (sighs) with ohio university Uh uh-huh Steve Swisher, who's Nick Swisher's father, again, Ohio University, um, played against some really good players. Uh, Marty Conejo, who pitched for the Mets. Um, you know, I, I, I played against some really good competition. That's cool. And, um, and I was able to, to, um, uh, you know, uh, leverage my experience in baseball, Mm -hmm. my legal career in, um, working with the city mm-hmm. um, and, and then uh, becoming the Midwest League um, lawyer and then president. Wow. At the time, you, you never, never, just never know where you're going to head, you no. know? How cool is that? Dick always has had a love and a passion for baseball, and he mentioned leveraging that into his law career as well. We'll get into more of that later. But next, we talk about what pretty much are the only few years that he wasn't directly involved with Kovaleski Stadium or minor league baseball in South Bend during the construction of the stadium. My listeners recall a previous episode with former South Bend Mayor Roger Parent where we go more in depth with the construction of it. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, it's a good one and I highly encourage you to do so. Before your involvement with the the at the time the South Bend White Sox and Stanley Kovaleski Stadium, yeah, you had lived in South Bend for a good ten year, eh, eight, seven, eight, nine years at that time. Right. What do you remember about when Mayor Parent had first introduced it to the city and everything? Just what do you remember about that? Time? Well, I, I look, um, Mayor Parent was not a baseball person. Right. Um, I liked. I I told him this. Uh-huh. Um, I said, you know, Mayor, um, you don't know whether a baseball stuffed or blown up. 
I said, but you had tremendous vision yeah. um, and courage uh-huh. because it was very unpopular. Right. Okay. Um, and um, in a certain respect, South Bend and Mayor Parent were in the right place at the right time. Okay. Uh, but there were any number of um, steps that mm-hmm. could have stopped the whole thing. Right. And uh, he describes that best in his he does. in his book. He does. So I don't want to re- right. rehash that. But um, I, I remember I remember it being very um, very controversial. Yeah. I, of course, as a baseball person, thought yeah. it was great. Of course. Um, I I had no vision for what they were going to do. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but I watched it because I had my first law office was on the twenty third floor of the what's now the Liberty Tower facing south. Oh, wow. So I watched the whole construction wow. as, it, as it progressed. And I, I was just blown away by what they were doing. Speaking of the construction there and the location, um, hindsight's twenty twenty, but there was also controversy about where to put the darn stadium. Yeah. Um, people Goodness. thought it should be put out um, near the toll road, um, out yeah. in the county. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and at that time downtown stadiums weren't really in right. vogue. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I, I applaud Mayor Parent and his administration for, you know, sticking to the plan, right, so to speak. Right, 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 right. Because it was not put up in a, an area of town that people would, uh, people would have picked as number one. Uh, but what he wanted to do was to um, uh, anchor the southern part of our downtown. Right, right, yeah. And it yeah. did. It has. Yeah. Um, and and it took a while uh, for development to take mm-hmm, place, but mm-hmm. it's just taken off. Oh, Unbelievable. And the, and the momentum continues. I love it. The The original owners, the Staley's, purchased it for an expansion team for $40,000, I think. That's right. Um, and that's, that's one of those things that people, I, I don't think, really knew about. Uh-huh. It's not well known. Uh, but the Midwest League was expanding from 12 to 14 teams. Okay. And um, they paid $40,000 to the Midwest League wow. and were granted the franchise. They uh, held on to the franchise for two years, perhaps. Uh, Mayor Parent and the city agreed to build the stadium. And I, you know, I don't know the details as to how the Staley's got involved with um, Eric Marganow and Jay Acton, who bought from them. Mm-hmm. But Jay Acton and Eric Marganow paid four hundred thousand dollars. Amazing for that franchise. forty grand to four hundred thousand. So that's that's making ten times your money within uh, a couple of years. Yes, yeah, and really a very little investment. Very little. Then, but that was a sign of things to come, though, of owners who didn't live in our city, right? Well, um, you know, there's people out there that have vision. Mm-hmm. And, and I got to give Marganow and Acton credit okay. that they okay. they understood that minor league baseball with Bull Durham uh, yeah. was was gaining some momentum, and and of course the stadium was pretty much done. Yeah. By the time they got okay. involved, uh, it was probably a year out, uh-huh. maybe. So they knew it was a reality. Right. Um, they <laughs> the 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 not talking to. Marganow and Acton was a was a real uh, interesting strategy by Mayor Parent, hey. and um, I got 
I got a different perspective on right. that. Um, yeah. Although, um, again, I admire his courage for that, mm-hmm. and he was absolutely right. You know, he yeah. he had what they needed more than more than vice <laughs> more than yeah. what he needed with them. Um, and obviously, it, it, it came together. Uh, but the model that those that ownership group was similar to what the Staleys they they were making an investment yeah you know buying low and selling high and, right and and Marganow and Acton held it for two years and they they also owned a team in the um, the New York Penn League in Welland Ontario um, and those two clubs the South Bend Club and the Welland Club were sold uh, to Alan Levin um, in 1990. Only a few um, years later, like two years, they had they op- Marganow and Acton um, operated the team for two years. Acton never came, That's never, never, said. never made it to the stadium. Unbelievable. He he he's a New York um, literary publisher. Uh-huh. He wrote books. He published books. Uh, I think he's still living. Um, I never met him. Wow. I never met the man. I met Eric many, many, many times, but. Um, uh, you know, they sold it for $4 million. And most of that $4 million was allocated to the South Bend franchise. Wow. Think of that. The Staley's were the original owners of the franchise in South Bend, the South Bend White Sox, and they purchased the franchise for $40,000. They talked the city into building a new stadium for them, and then they sell it to Eric Morganow and Jay Acton for $400,000 a few years later. 10 times their original investment. Then only a few years after that, those two sell the team to Allen Levin for $4 million, 10 times their original investment. Coming up, you'll hear how steep the learning curve was for Dick when he was appointed the city attorney in Mayor Joe Kernan's administration. In about 1988, Joe Kernan's elected mayor. Joe Kernan starts serving as mayor and he appoints you the city attorney. Right. And, um, Man, aside from the baseball team, that alone is quite the job. Am I right? Well, um, or was your main role specific? Really? No, I, I, I was. The, you did it all. I was, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> it, <laughs> baseball was one component of okay, it. Of okay. course, it was a component that I passionate about, really yeah. enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But I had a big learning curve. Okay, okay. huge learning curve. Yeah, um, talk to me. I, you know, I knew nothing about the business of minor league baseball. I right. uh, really didn't know uh, that the major leagues supplied and paid for the players. Okay. Um, and, you know, what what Mayor Joe and I did was that really helped us and really helped me in my career is we went to the winter meetings in 1988 in Atlanta. Okay. And the reason why we did that was we, we felt that we had um, a unique uh, asset. Yeah. Uh, here in South Bend, mm-hmm. and we wanted to make sure that we were doing everything that we can't, we could, right. uh, to be known uh-huh. and and to um, and to leverage what we had into everything it could be. Yeah. And um, a gentleman by the name of Pete Vanaken, who was the owner of the Peoria Chiefs, Pete showed us around to everybody at the at the uh, winter meetings, uh-huh. and, and and it was like. You, for a baseball fan, to go to the winter meetings was like dying and going to heaven. Because you had all all of the major league teams were there. You know, you would run into Frank Robinson and 
Tony La Russa and Roland Heeman. And um, it, it was it was incredible. And so we made it a point from 1988 forward. I went to just about every winter meeting from okay. that point forward. Literally for your own professional development. For my own professional development and eventually connections and eventually because i did that um and the mayor of course couldn't do it as much as i did uh-huh. uh but he went on a couple of them with me but but um i got to know the people in the midwest league yeah, yeah. and in 1993 um they were in they were in need of a lawyer and so i got a call on a saturday morning and they said are you interested in being a lawyer for the midwest league and i said yeah Wow. So they hired me as their lawyer, and I was the lawyer from 1993 until uh, basically Major League Baseball took it over yeah. in 2020 Ooh. and was the president of the Midwest League for the last five of those years, which was an incredible experience. Wow, that, that is neat. How cool is that? You're a lifelong baseball fan, former baseball player, you get into law, and you are asked to become the city attorney, and a large part of your responsibilities have to do with baseball. Then you immerse yourself in the business of it, and eventually you are the attorney and then president of a professional minor league baseball league. I asked Dick next about having out-of-town owners, and as you'll hear, one longtime out-of-town owner of the South Bend franchise pulled a sneaky move that about lost us professional baseball in South Bend. You had mentioned that Eric and Jay had sold it to Alan Levin for $4 million. So right. that was another, another 10, another, another tenfold. 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. But then that's more out of another out of town owner who right. ended up owning the team for quite a while. He, but he from a city standpoint, you're kind of at the whim of whatever owner can come in and pay the most money that gets approved by the league. Am I right? Yeah. It's a, it, it, it it's, it's a situation where um, we as a league, and I think minor league baseball is an or you know as a as an industry uh-huh. really thought local ownership was the right way to go, right? And encouraged that, but we couldn't control that. Uh huh. Um, and so Levin buys a team in 1990, and he owns it till 2006. And early on, um, he was involved. He and he was from Los Angeles. Okay. You know, he would come to town, and the whole pops at the cove. Yeah, was, fireworks was, was and his all that. was his yeah. creation, which was really cool. Absolutely. Uh and and our attendance was really phenomenal uh-huh. for minor league baseball. Yeah. So it was generating a lot of cash mm-hmm. for him. And um lots of owners will be very prudent with with their right. cash. And he used the cash to expand into other areas use the model for South Bend that is get a city to build a stadium yep you know the town will go nuts and we'll do very well he he moved the Welland franchise to Erie Pennsylvania uh-huh. and they became a double A franchise okay. so they built a new stadium there their their success is that's still a struggling okay um franchise yeah um but any he, and he got involved with other things so South Bend his success in South Bend and our Supporting uh, his franchise, yep, um, was helping to support areas other than South Bend, Indiana. <sighs> so, so beginning in the mid '90s, late '90s, 
certainly in the early 2000s, uh-huh. the the ball the, the the franchise, the ballpark, and everything was on a was on the bad trajectory. Yeah. It was going downhill. Mm-hmm. And and he decided he was going to sell the team. And um, given the work what the, what was happening at the time was, was not as valuable in South Bend as it would be somewhere else. Yep. And so he hooked up with a, a personal injury lawyer down in Marion, Illinois, that did a lot of asbestos litigation. Was has done very did yeah. very well. And it was in in to his credit, this this lawyer he wanted to bring baseball, professional baseball, to his hometown, Marion, uh-huh. Illinois. And um, kind of under the radar, they they negotiated a deal where um, Allen was going to sell it for probably around seven million dollars. Okay. Um, but with a contingency that it be moved from South Bend. Mm-hmm. And we were at an all-star game in Peoria, mm-hmm. and um, they broke ground for the stadium in Marion, Illinois. <laughs> and at that time, uh, Governor Blagojevich, I don't know oh, in Illinois, re- yeah. Oh, rings yeah. A bell. Well, Governor Blagojevich was there uh-huh. with the groundbreaking. The state had paid in some money to help build it. And they're talking about the fact that the Midwest League was going to operate there. Yeah. We're we're at a meeting where all of the teams in the Midwest League are together. It's in the Peoria Playper. And you guys didn't know? We no one knew. Really? No one knew. So that raised a lot of red flags at that point because uh-huh. Marion, Illinois is not in our footprint. Uh-huh. It's closer to Paducah, Kentucky than okay. it is to anywhere in Illinois, yeah. frankly. And so the the league was was not happy. Uh-huh. Minor league baseball was not happy. The city of South Bend was not happy. I'm sure because they had supported yes. Levin yes. really, really well. So um, uh, it it didn't get approved. The, the, yeah. the move didn't get approved. So the deal fell apart. But the city had to find a local owner, uh, and that's when Joe Kernan. Came, uh-huh. came in yeah. when he, when he left the governor's office, and was able to get um, uh, a lot of local investors to help him buy the team at a premium. Yeah, you heard him say buy the team at a premium. I wanted to point that out because next you'll hear that buying the team at a premium more than what it was worth, and then losing money on it, literally saved professional baseball in South Bend. Um, the team was not worth what they paid, and so, but they, it was worth it to pay it to keep it. In that's it, kind of what I was going to say. So it's almost, and not, I don't, I, I couldn't think of the word for it. Not bittersweet, but they knew that it, it was, was going to be a tough road to hoe. Right? There's different ways that you can serve your community. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, you can run for public office mm-hmm. and serve in public office, or you can do. You know, we just lost Ernie Racklin. Yeah. Um, you know, she was a private sector person, but, Absolutely. but her family and herself uh, have done magnificent things for this community. Yeah. Um, and what Joe Kernan and his investors mm-hmm. did was a magnificent thing for this community. That's because, a great way to put it. <clears throat> you know, and I, I like to say that there's nobody that gave more to this community than Joe Kernan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but him keeping the team here, in my view, was one of the most important things he did in his life because 
he kept it alive yes. when it was dying mm-hmm. uh, for Andrew yeah. Berlin to come along. I and, got I got chills right now. I yeah. mean, we'll get into Andrew Berlin, but you're you're exactly right. I mean, if Joe Kernan and his and his folks didn't come in, I mean, we probably wouldn't have a team now. Right? Well, we wouldn't. I mean, I know we wouldn't. Yeah. All right, because the the league and minor league baseball. Um, backed up South Bend and gave us a chance to keep it in South yeah. Bend. But we had to take take advantage of that chance. Yeah, yeah. Because they, you know, they, you know, when, when other owners are are making decisions, they're making decisions in part upon what's best for them too. Definitely. All right? And they want to be able to show that the value of what they own yeah. is, is, is substantial. Uh-huh. And so even though they didn't really like what was going on. Mm-hmm. If South Bend wasn't going to support the team, mm-hmm. then it was going to go somewhere else. God. Because if that happened to them in their particular cities, they would they'd be trying to do the same thing. You're darn right, definitely. Yeah, man, that's it's just it. I remember that. I remember the time, the era. I mean, I was younger. I was just I think I was just started teaching in my career, and 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 that that time frame right so i was a young adult and everything and and uh um it's just i didn't realize at the time like man how close we were you know well people really don't know it's just um, it's just amazing it, it was it was touch and go for a while it, it is truly amazing right again i just can't believe how close we were to losing professional baseball in south bend and dick's words about what joe kernan and his investment group did by purchasing the team knowing that they take a loss just to keep baseball in South Bend are beautiful. And we should forever be grateful to Joe Kernan and his investors for literally saving professional baseball in South Bend. We would not have what we have today if it weren't for them. The sale to Andrew Berlin. Yeah. How how did that all go down? Well, um, Joe knew he had to sell the team. Okay. It was just not sustainable. Of course. Okay. I mean, it, they just didn't have the capital they expended all their capital to buy the team. Yes. And, you know, any good business person will tell you that there's there's the opportunity cost, but then there's the operational cost, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and they were on a shoestring, and people weren't coming. And it was, you know, yeah. we'd lost our momentum. Yeah, yeah I think we, that's the we, word. We, we lost, lost our momentum, momentum and, yeah. and we were down to drawing um, – a little over 100,000 fans oh, a game. And that was man. the announced tense. A lot of those people yeah. didn't show up. Ticket might have been sold, but... They didn't show up to get all the concessions. Yeah, so in the, in this, in the ballpark, oh. it was, there just wasn't enough money there to keep the ballpark up. And um, luckily, we got some help from the state. And there were some improvements that Joe made to the ballpark. The 360 concourse was put in place. Right, right. Um... And there were some other things, a better scoreboard, mm-hmm. and there there were some some positives there. But but Andrew came in, and Joe, I don't know how he how they met, but he 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 was the person that got him to come. Oh, okay. And um, I was I think I met Andrew the first time he came to South Bend. There was probably three hundred people in the ballpark. Okay. And um, oh, so he went Joe, to a game. Oh yeah. And oh, so Joe oh, Joe told him it's friends and families night. Okay. Ballpark. So that's why there was only 300 <laughs> friends and family. So um, and Andrew tells that story better than I do. But, um, you know, he thought about it 
he wasn't really going to pull the trigger, but Joe kind of talked him into it. Really? I didn't yeah, know I mean, that. They, they developed a very nice relationship, okay. as Joe does with everybody he yeah. meets. And, and, and Andrew, Andrew did it. And the thing about Andrew is, okay, he's from Chicago. He's not right. from South Bend. But he's been to South Bend more than most people that live in South Bend. Okay? I mean, he's, he's here all the time. I, last year, I was just in a bathroom actually using the restroom at a urinal. Right. In walks the owner of the team and right, right next to me. <laughs> well, and that's an, that's an interesting story, too, because he is an attention to detail kind of guy. Uh-huh. And he wanted our restrooms to be the cleanest restrooms they are. anywhere. They are. Um, and they have a video that they show their, their employees yeah. as to how to clean a restroom. Wow. So he might have been inspecting when he came in. <laughs> he, he does inspect. He does walk around. He goes up to and buys and buys uh, uh, merchandise yeah. or or food and and evaluates the people there. Hey. Some of them don't recognize them. Some of them do. Uh-huh. Um, but he's he's a hands on owner. I and love it. Um, I can tell you based upon my experience, there's a lot of people that were very successful in minor league baseball when they bought a team and moved it somewhere else and had a new stadium. Uh-huh. So it went from zero to a hundred mm-hmm. because of that. We were at zero. Right. And he came in and accepted zero. Yes. And made zero a hundred at the same place. It, it was a it was a re uh reconstruction. Yeah. Uh and no one has done it as successful as he has. No one. I can I, I defy anybody. To give a better example. It's one of my questions. Yeah. And your experiences around the league, has anybody had this quick of a turnaround? No. No. Absolutely That's not. Amazing. I mean, to go from, look, we were at 100,000 100,000. And he was at, we, we had drawn, the most we ever drew was in 1994 was 258,000 uh-huh. people, which was a big deal. Yeah. Um, but from that point, it just went downhill. Um, he got it back to that within a year or two. Okay. God, and then- you know, there's lots of other things he did. You know, he got the naming rights Correct. to the ballpark, mm-hmm. which, well, that's money that he could, that, that's the yep. operating capital. That's, mm-hmm. that's the things where he can make things better. That's the operating capital that Joe and his group just didn't, didn't have. Didn't have it. And so what's he use that money for? You know, when you go to the ballpark, there's something new there all the time. Almost right? every time you right? go. Yeah. And so he makes it better, uh-huh. uses the money, he keeps it. He keeps it in the project. Yes, right? yes. And it's not his ballpark. It's the city's ballpark. Right, so all the improvements right. that he's making inure to the benefit of the city. Yes. Uh, but he's making these so that more people will want to come to the ballgames. Darn right. Anyone who has attended a South Bend Cubs game over the past several years will tell you that it is truly a great place to take your family, hang out with friends, and enjoy an evening. And we have owner Andrew Berlin to thank for that. And I had no clue that Joe Kernan had to talk him into buying the team. Next, we talk about how different minor league baseball has become since Major League Baseball took it over. We had the last All-Star game of the Midwest League. They don't have All-Star games anymore, okay. which is too bad. I, I, I think that's a horrible decision by yeah. Major League Baseball, but, you know. Is what no, it is. Nobody huh? asked me anymore. But... In 2019, we had the All-Star Game here, and it was the All-Star Game of all All-Star Games. Okay. I, I hope you had an opportunity to go. I didn't. Uh, but it was it was phenomenal. And and he used it as a as a way to show off our city. 
You know, we had Ryan Sandberg come in for a luncheon. We uh-huh. spoke. Um, it was it was a celebration of baseball. I love it. It I was love it. it was unbelievable. Yeah, and you know we had COVID. And, yeah, and minor league baseball has completely changed um, its operating system, um, and we'll see how that works out. Uh, but the thing that the people in this community it hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. When you went to the games yeah. in 2019, you go to the games in 2023. It's really the same experience, even though the whole structure of there's so much minor that, and major league baseball is so completely much that different. has changed. Yeah, um, and in major league baseball, basically, uh, is taking control of yes. everything. Yep, and and so um, your your future is in their hands. Okay. So you darn well better um, yes. perform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and Andrew performs, but he also has you know he owns part of the Cubs, uh-huh. so he's part of the major league system, right. which is huge for us it has here. to be huge. Yeah. Uh, some other communities don't have that. Right. You know, there's there were 160 teams when I was president. Now there's 120. So there were 40, actually 42 cities that were affiliated with major league teams that are no longer affiliated with major league teams. Wow. Our, our King County team, which is yep. in Chicago, probably the largest market in America wow. for minor league baseball. They lost their team. I mean, they got caught up in some things that, but that's crazy. You know, so there's no guarantees, as they, as as you know. And you yeah. know, it's it's. I'm in education, and when our city has to close a school, right. it, it hurts the community absolutely. And to lose a team like that, I mean, it hurts. And and so, it's also amazing how close we were to losing a team too. But that's right. And you know, as as. Uh, <laughs> As Joe used to say, um, if we lost our team, we'd have the best high school facility in America. <laughs> um, we chuckle at that, but it's true. Yeah. Aww. And the fact of the matter that we have a professional sports franchise uh-huh. in South Bend, Indiana, makes yeah. us eligible for state assistance under the Professional Sports Development fund. All right. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. And, um, that came into being in 1997 and okay. I actually had the, I was still city attorney then with Steve Lickie. Yeah. And we went down and testified in support of South Bend's being included in that. Yep. And that, that was a, um, a red letter day for us. Okay. Um, and we have a lot of people to thank for that. Pat Bauer was uh-huh. our representative, uh, then, um, and he was very, very influential down there in Indianapolis was wanted to build their new basketball arena. Remember they had market square Yeah, and, and they, they built build what was called Field Conseco House at the time. Well, yeah. that this professional sports development funding oh, is how they did that. Okay. And so Pat Bauer said, well, if it's good enough for Indianapolis, it's good enough for South Bend. Mm-hmm. Fort Wayne got in, uh, Richmond, Indiana got in, Evansville got in because they have a, they have a, um, they had a professional team at the time that was, their facility was owned by the school system. Down there. Okay. Um, Gary eventually got in, um, Kokomo got in at some point, but that generated a lot of money that the city could use, uh, for city projects. Uh-huh. The most important of which is to make sure you keep your professionals. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah if yeah, you don't yeah. have that, you don't, you're not eligible. Right, right, right. And so okay. what, what is really exciting, uh, for the community is the fact that Andrew is planning um, a, a major renovation. I mean, this is this is a quantum leap wow. renovation. 
um, that's going to be in the neighborhood of 40 to $50 million. Unbelievable. And all of that money is going to come from this professional sports development. Uh-huh. And the way that works is there's, 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 you know, when you work for the school system and uh-huh. they send you your paycheck, a part of that is your state income taxes. Correct. And instead of those, those state income taxes that you pay, uh-huh. going downstate, it stays here. I see. Okay. Um, and so there's certain eligible areas I see. Um, in, within the city that all, and so for instance, all the city of South Bend employees, okay. their state income taxes are captured. All of, when you go to the ballpark and you buy a hat yeah. or, or whatever, you know, food and you pay sales tax, uh-huh. which would otherwise go to the state. That stays Some of that here. is captured. Okay. That stays here. So we can capture $5 million a year okay. for 20 years. That's a $100 million. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, and it's all because we have a professional sports wow. franchise in South Bend. So a, a good chunk of that's going to be used at the ballpark, but a good chunk of it's going to be used for other uh-huh. city-owned right, right. venues. So I think the Century Center is going to be a beneficiary of that. Yep. The Morris, um, uh-huh. uh, Howard Park, you know, c- certain city... Um, venues will also benefit from it. You mentioned the 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 um, the new work going on at Four Winds Field. What's his What's the vision now? What's the ultimate like well, ten years from now? What are you thinking? Well, um, first of all, we we've got to understand that minor league baseball went from one sixty to one twenty. There's another cut coming. There's too. there's another. I mean, that no one says that, but. but but right now there are two full season A leagues. Okay. It's what's called single A and high A. We're yep. high A. Uh-huh. That's 60 teams. Okay. The next cut's going to be, there's just going to be one full season A. So there'll be 90 teams. Okay. So there'll be 30 at triple A, 30 at double A, and 30 at single A. Now, Ooh. there may be expansion coming up. Uh-huh. So if Major League Baseball expands by two teams, that'll be 32, 32, 32. Yeah. So we, we've got we've to do two things. Number one, there are facility standards that Major League Baseball has upped. High expectations. So there's there there are cities that aren't going to be able to meet those. Wow. And if you don't meet it, you, you have the chance of losing your, wow. your ballpark or your, your, your team. Your, your team. Um, we're not going to have that problem. Uh, okay. What what Andrew is looking to do is not only to keep what we have, right, but to make us more attractive so that uh, maybe we'll we will elevate our our classification to triple a double a probably isn't going to work okay. because of the geography it's the eastern leg the southern leg and the texas leg so oh it just it I just see. doesn't work yeah geographically yeah um but triple a might and what would that mean for our city with a triple a well i mean let's let's talk about that uh-huh. i mean um you you go to a whole new level. We would there would wow. not be any other city of our size with a AAA team. I, I, that's what I'm going over in my head. I mean, we have a hundred thousand people, two hundred something thousand altogether. Yeah, and wow. our our attendance at three hundred thousand, like I said, we outdraw a lot of uh-huh. um, AAA teams right now. Wow. Um, what's going to happen is with the with the second deck that's going to be put on. Correct. There's going to be additional seats available uh-huh. so that the capacity. With with the berm seating, the standing room, everything, you can get about eight thousand people in there okay. now. Um, adding adding an upper deck, you're probably going to be able to get ten to twelve thousand. Uh-huh. All right, twelve thousand maybe, uh, <laughs> but let's say it's ten thousand. Yeah. All right. So now all of a sudden you've 
you, you, there's 5,000 seats there, mm-hmm. but we can get 8,000. Right. We're going to add different, more seats. And there's, there's not only going to be more seats, there's going to be more group areas. Okay. So that companies can come out. Right. And they'll have a lot of different options, mm-hmm. you know. And so instead of selling out at 5,000, yeah. if we sell out at 10,000, instead of drawing 300,000, now we're drawing 400,000. Uh, which there aren't a lot of AAA teams that draw 400,000. Uh-huh. So, in in the operational expense to the team at a AAA level is 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 much greater because you fly. So all of a sudden, instead oh, of buses, you've okay. got you've got planes. Yeah. So, but that's you know if if we stay where we are, we're going to be great. Okay. Yeah. But it puts us, you know, I've always been preached to and preached to my kids you want to have choices absolutely okay absolutely do what you have to do to make sure you have choices yep. and we're going to have choices yep. you know we're going to have choices and people are going to you know and look at our geography you know we're 90 miles from chicago's two teams um you know and we're 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 not too far from a lot of other teams right, frankly right uh, right so you know um right now chicago has their own triple a team both of the the uh, White Sox and the Cubs, but there may be other triple teams uh-huh. out there or there may be some shuffling around that right, happens. Right. But we don't get in that picture if we don't make these improvements. Yeah. You almost, if you build it, they will come type deal. Well, yeah. And, I mean, and it, and it, and that's what Merrick, Mayor Perry yeah, did. Yeah, you did the same thing then. Yeah. He did the same thing then. And people said people won't come. Well, they came, right? Darn right. They did. And yeah. they're still coming. And yeah. it's, and it's how many years since? 35 almost, years. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, far better now than it was then and it was Wait, really man. good then that would be something else if little old south bend indiana has a triple a baseball team and dick is right about making sure that you always have choices next we talk about the relationship between a city and its sports franchise and dick has learned up close and personal about that relationship um i don't have a lot of um fond memories of alan levin yeah. um uh, i i i uh, I, I, he he was not a good person. Really? Um, yeah. The way he treated the city was, yeah, was bad. The city was very good to him. Yeah. Very yeah. good to him. Because it's important, and I try to teach this to to different communities mm-hmm. that I might talk to. I, I did some work for Madison, Alabama, who built a beautiful ballpark down there. They're, they've got a double A. They're right near uh, Huntington, or uh, Huntsville. Okay. Huntsville, Alabama. And great people down there. They built a it's Toyota's big down there, so their ballpark's okay. named after Toyota. Um, they're they're the double A for the Angels, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, but but as a city, you have to make sure that your franchise can be successful. So there's some cities that make it so hard on their team. Yeah, it's, it's you know, you've got to look at it in a different way. Uh-huh. The value that a city gets is not just financial. And you got to do the right thing financially. Right. Like I'm not saying you just give it away. You don't give it away. Right. But you can't make it so onerous that the team doesn't succeed. Yep. Because then you have a problem. Their failure uh, is your failure. I mean, <laughs> well, you're gonna you're gonna suffer the catastrophic yeah. results just as they are, and uh-huh. you know, you just it's 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 a it's an interesting dynamic that right. you have as a community in terms of how you treat your. And I think we've got um, a really nice. Um, situation with Andrew here because he's put his money where his mouth is. You, you cannot argue nope. with his skin in the game. 
Mm-hmm. He's got as yep. much skin in the game as anybody in the country in their communities. That's awesome. And he and he and he he thinks big. He thinks you know he wants everything to be first class. Uh huh. And we all benefit from that. You're darn right. We, we do. all benefit from that. And um, you know, it was his personality and his uh, track record, frankly, uh-huh. that convinced the state of Indiana to raise our cap on what we can capture to 2 million to begin okay. with and then to 5 now million. Now to 5. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, Andrew was a guy down there selling. Wheeling and dealing and selling. Right. And impressed <laughs> Mayor Holcomb and Ryan Mishler, who is a tremendous representative for our community. Um, it would not have happened without him. Wow. Maureen Bauer, Pat's daughter, daughter uh, who lived, grew up in this neighborhood uh-huh. just down the street from us right here. And, uh, uh, and Dave Netskotsky, okay. you know, um, Jake Teska, mm-hmm. bipartisan Republicans beautiful, and Democrats. Beautiful. You know, when people say things can't happen oh, anymore, it happens. it happens. Yeah. You know, and this is this is a primary example. That I love we've it. got we've got good people representing. I us. love it. At that time, you're, you're good friends with Joe Kernan uh, yeah. in his administration. Helping. Yeah. Was it a tightrope? At that time, when you were kind of working with the Midwest League and working with, I've I've always had an interesting practice in the sense that <clears throat> I always had like a public component, okay, and a private component, okay. I always had a private practice, uh-huh. and then when I first started practicing, I worked in the prosecutor's office, okay. Now those kinds of opportunities don't they don't exist anymore because if the prosecutor wants you to be full time, I see, I see. Joe okay. Kernan wanted me to be city attorney. I said. You know, I, I can't do it full time. I can do it part time. I see. Okay. And I did it part time, but it's really full time. So <laughs> yeah. you have to you have to understand that if you're going to do that, you, you, you just can't. You have to do it as, as if it's a part time job. So yeah. there were a lot of hours yep. and a lot of, you know, God bless my wife that she yeah. um, got uh, the kids everywhere. She, and... she did. A, you know, she was she was the stay at home mom yeah. that really was an all star in that uh-huh. regard and really supported what I was doing. So was it a tightrope? Yeah, it was tough, but it was great. I mean, I look, um, the connections I made, the opportunities I had so neat were, were all as a result of the fact that I was, you know, that Mike Barnes first as prosecutor and Joe Kernan as, as the mayor and Lieutenant governor and governor gave me an opportunity to do things I never thought I'd ever be able to do. That's all. It's it's beautiful. And, and again, you just, you don't, you just don't know, you know, and where your life's going to take you. And, um, taking risks and saying yes to different things also you could yeah. have said no i mean you know that would have been a bad decision would have been a damn bad decision <laughs> <laughs> we wrap it up next when i ask dick to share some things that he is proud of first of all you had to be damn proud of your work over these years what are some of the things that you're just most proud of well look um uh, I, i've been really lucky mm-hmm. okay um First of all, I married way up over my, uh, I'll kick my coverage, so to speak. Um, but there have been people that have been, that have had faith in me yeah. and given me chances. Mm-hmm. And I think what I'm most proud of is that I think those people, if you talk to them, would say that that they trusted me and I didn't betray their trust. Right. Right. Your integrity is the most important uh-huh. in life. And um, I've really tried hard um, to, to, to do that 
while at the same time understanding it's not all about you. No, right. I know. Um, And, uh, you know, somebody else can do what you can do Mm -hmm. um, and probably better. Mm -hmm. But when you get the opportunity, I I think I've taken advantage of the opportunities that I've been provided. Um, I'm getting, you know, as (laughs) my wife doesn't like me to say this, but I'm I'm kind of in the seventh inning of my career. Uh Uh, But if I look back, you know, so, you know, usually the, the eighth and ninth innings are the most important uh-huh. and, and, and you can do a lot of really good things. So right. that's how I'm looking at it. <laughs> uh, but I look, this is a great community. Yeah. A lot of people have, have uh-huh. really contributed to my success. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hopefully have contributed to some things. And I, I really think that keeping the ball club here in yeah. South Bend yeah. um, is an important yeah. marker in my life. Yeah. Uh, You're darn right. And, and, you know, as I said, there were lots of people that were involved with this, but, you know, I could contribute to that. I was a singles hitter when I played ball. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got on base so somebody else can get me. There you go. (laughs) And so that's kind of how I am. I mean, I'm not going to hit the home run for you, but. You know, if you put me in the game, I'm going to contribute. And I think uh-huh. I've contributed. And you're going to cross the plate right along with them. Well, when I score a run, it's just like hitting a home run. You're right? damn right. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I truly appreciate you coming down. Well, thanks, here. Matt, for the opportunity. Yeah, this, is, this, sure. is a, this is a great story that should be told. Thank you for listening to another episode of Round the Bend Now and Then. A special thank you to Dick Nussbaum for sharing your journey with professional baseball in South Bend. You should hold your head up high and be absolutely proud for all of the work that you've put in to make our city a better place by making sure that baseball is a constant here. Folks, do me a favor. Leave a review on the podcast app that you listen to us on. Also, follow us on all of the socials. Twitter, at RoundTheBendPod. Facebook, RoundTheBend Now and Then. If you want to email, you can reach out, RoundTheBend574 at gmail.com. As always, please share the podcast with those who you feel would like it. Join us again next time as we learn more about South Bend and Mishawaka's Now and Then.